Welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. On this episode, our adult discipleship pastor, Mark Taylor, concludes our series called Christmas Questions. If you want to watch the video of this message or listen to this week's worship, you can do so on our website, brookwoodchurch.org, or you can do all of that and more on our Brookwood Church app. We pray that this message encourages you in your walk with Christ. Good morning. My name is Mark Taylor. I'm one of the pastors here. And I got to tell you, I love this time of year. As we move into a new year, it always feels like a fresh start. But I know also this can be a time of stress and struggle. But the good news is, whatever you've brought in here today, God is greater. And he longs to meet each of us right where we are. So, <clears throat> God, we, we pause and we quiet our hearts. And God, I pray that you would go beyond the words of this message and have conversations with each of us in a way that only you can do. I pray you'd put thoughts in our minds Pray you'd stir our hearts in ways that bring us life. This is our prayer. Well, today we're finishing a series called Christmas Questions. We've been exploring several of the questions that people asked around the time that Jesus was born. And the idea here is that it's the questions that help us grow. And as followers of Christ are really in any area of life, when we get to the point where we feel like we've got all the answers and we stop asking questions, that's the time when we stop growing. And so if you're here today and you have questions, you're hungry to learn, you're maybe even mildly curious about this Christianity thing, if that's true of you, if you've come with an open heart, then that's the best posture that you can be in. Our passage today that we're gonna read through and and look at is found in Luke chapter two. And if you're using the Bible that we usually teach from, that's on page 822. I'm gonna read the passage through so we can get into the story and then I'll walk back through it. So Luke chapter two, beginning with verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. They were devout Jews. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers, but when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among the relatives and friends. And when they couldn't find him, Imagine losing your kid. They went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Can you imagine the conversation they were having? Didn't you get him from practice? No, I thought you were picking him up. We've lost the son of God. (laughs) Three days later, 
Imagine losing your kid for three days. They finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search? He asked, didn't you know I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Now, there are really three questions here as the parents basically asked, what are you doing? And Jesus replied with a couple of questions, which is what he often does. He says, what do you think I'm doing? Didn't you know? These are invasive questions. These are questioning questions. They're questioning each other to get below the surface. What's really happening here? And so even though there are three questions in this story, they really work together to emphasize one main point. And that's found in verse 50, which is also the theme verse for today, which simply says they didn't understand what he meant. They couldn't join together in their mind. Maybe you've said something like, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. That's where they were because what they thought Jesus was supposed to be doing was not what Jesus was really doing. Have you ever felt like you could use some clarity? Have you ever felt confused about God? Who he is, what he's doing, what's happening around you? If that's you, then you're not alone. In fact, one way to understand the Bible is that it's a, a series of stories of people who didn't understand, who heard from God, who knew things of God, but somehow continued to miss the point. In fact, throughout the Gospels, it says over and over again, Jesus said these things and the people didn't understand. Jesus did these things and his own disciples didn't understand. In fact, it got to the point where in John 8, uh, 8.43, Jesus finally asks, why do you not understand what I'm saying? So just think about the setting for a minute that, that this is happening in. The Jews had been living under the abusive power of a foreign government under the reign of someone named Caesar Augustus, whose name literally means majestic or exalted. And you can bet that didn't go to his head, right? A lot of self-centered, a lot of fight for power, fight for money, fight for control. The government wasn't working and so it kept getting bigger and bigger and more oppressive. The economy was a wreck, streets were unsafe, Kidnapping and human trafficking was widespread. And for the Jews here in this situation, God hadn't sent a, an official prophet in 400 years. And so in all fairness, here they are with this 12-year-old who's supposed to be king. It makes sense they didn't completely understand. So as we walk back through this passage, it teaches us some really important things about Jesus that would be really good for us to understand, especially as we move into the new year. Ultimately, this is a message of hope for us. This is a message, hopefully, of greater clarity as we learn to walk with God more closely. If you're taking notes, you can 
write down my secondary title to this message, which is, ah, help me understand. (laughs) The first observation from this story is that Jesus often comes in quietly. Verse 41, it says, every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual with with an emphasis on every year and as usual, what we see in this story is that Jesus shows up and he's living and he's a part of the normal course of their lives. It's kind of subtle in this story, but as we look back through the scriptures and we see the interactions between God and his people, that's often how he works. We've already seen it a couple of times in this series when the angel sent by God visited Zechariah, it says, as was the custom of the priests. Zechariah was simply going along with his priestly duties when God came and met him. In Luke 2, 27, 28, when the angel sent by God visited Mary, it says, as she was engaged during the normal course of her engagement, And we can go all the way back to the beginning of the scriptures and we can see that God often comes in quietly. He comes in kind of under the radar. Even when Adam and Eve decided to mistrust God and and go their own way, they're walking in the garden. And this is a very powerful moment, a very holy moment, a very piercing moment. Yet at the same time, it's almost quiet. As they were walking in the garden, God came to them and he simply asked them a question, where are you? We think about maybe Abraham, as God visited him, he wasn't even a believer in God and he was simply moving from city to city with his family and God came in the normal course of his life. Even Moses, when God came in the burning bush to get his attention, it was simply to draw him close to have a conversation with him. Most often, Jesus comes in quietly. He meets us in our everyday lives. As one writer says, one of the striking things about Luke's narrative is how simple it is in contrast to how great the events are. In our modern age, small events are often inflated with over-description and more important than they actually are. Luke, however, presents one of the most amazing events in all history, in the most understated manner. Have you ever been faced with a decision, you're trying to figure out what to do and you're just not sure and you say something like, I wish God would just write it in the sky. Yeah, me too, I've wished he'd have done that several times, but that's not how God usually operates. In the book of Revelation, which really wasn't meant to be so confusing, it's filled with imagery and metaphor, but it was not written to confuse us. As you read through Revelation, it tells us that one day, Jesus is gonna return on a majestic, powerful white horse, and he's gonna bring an entire army with him to conquer evil and set everything right that has gone wrong. It's gonna be loud, it's gonna be powerful, it's gonna be massive, it's gonna be huge. But in the meantime, 
What we have is the creator of the universe who came to us as a baby, who carried a cross to a lonely hill and he died for us. And almost quietly offered forgiveness for the entire world for whoever would listen. In fact, this is really the paradox of the Christian life. Any strength that you have, any, any power, any transformation, anything significant as I live out in the spirit of God, any strength, influence, impact you have in your life comes as Jesus quietly asks us questions, as he guides us day by day, step by step, and heals us almost a moment at a time and transforms us on the inside. Now, there have been some huge, monumental, almost loud interactions with God through my life as I look back. I, I think of how God invaded our family through a parachuting accident that my sister was involved in. It was allowed, you know, it was God invading, it was big. I think of my own life change in my early 20s when I was going this direction and God came in and exploded my life. Those were huge moments. But that's not how my everyday is. In fact, the momentum of my life is found in the daily walking with God, learning to hear his voice and follow him as he leads. One writer says, even though Jesus didn't come in with a bang, it's amazing how many people knew in their hearts that he was the savior. Elizabeth, Mary and Joseph, shepherds out in the field, Simeon, angels in heaven, not because he came in riding on a horse, but because quietly in their hearts, the spirit of God spoke to them the name Jesus. A Couple of questions for us this coming year. Will you slow down enough so that you can hear the voice of God? To hear him tell you who you are and why you're here and to guide you into life. What's one thing you could silence in your busy life so that you could become more aware of God's voice? See, Jesus often comes in quietly in our everyday lives, but another observation from the story is when he comes in quietly, he almost always acts unexpectedly. Verse 43, after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But we didn't, when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Verse 48, his parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. You see, his parents were going in one direction and thoughts, thought that was the direction Jesus would be going in, but Jesus was actually going in another direction. 
Jesus and who he was and what he was doing caused his parents to have to readjust who they thought he was and what they thought he should be doing. He rattled their ideas of his mission. Have you ever felt like that? Like, based on what you know of God, you thought he was going to be or should be doing this in your life, but that didn't seem to be on God's radar. You see, when God comes in, because of the direction of our lives and the tendency that we've created in our lives, he comes in often unexpectedly and in a different direction. A couple of questions for us to wrestle through. This coming year, will you be open to God leading you wherever that might take you? Will you be open, almost curious, even if he comes in unexpectedly? Will you let God wreck your plans for something better? What if the picture that you have for your life in 2020, whatever details those might be, what if the picture that you have in mind isn't the picture that God has in mind? below the surface just a little bit more. Will you be willing to do the hard thing if that's what God asks of you? Will you be open to God taking you out of your comfort zone? Will you be open to making necessary changes in your life, in your habits, your routines, in the things you value, in the decisions that you're making? I can remember years ago when our kids were younger, Nicholas, our oldest son, did something to Sarah, made her mad, took a toy, pushed her something. And so as a dad, I'm you know, talking through this with him about how he should treat his siblings and how that should all go. And at one point I just paused and I said, Nicholas, what do you think God's telling you to do right now? And he paused and he said, yeah, I think I should go tell her I'm sorry. And I said, wait a minute. I said, forget all that stuff about being nice to your sister, about forgiveness. I said, do you realize you've just heard from God and he gave you the next step in your life? And he said, yeah, but I'm still not gonna go tell her I'm sorry. <laughs> You see, God comes in and he often acts unexpectedly and asks us to do the hard thing to shift the direction that we're going in. And here's something really cool. If you're here today and you're in, in between the ages of 18 and 29, that young adult stage, what a unique time in your life as you transition from childhood to adulthood. You're trying to make sense of everything that's happened. And if you're in that age bracket, 18 to 29, you're making decisions right now that are setting potentially the trajectory of your life. And one of the great things here at Brookwood is we've got a, a newer young adult ministry. And so if that's you and you wanna meet some other folks who are trying to make those life decisions during that time of transition, let me encourage you to stop by our ministry spotlight 
and meet some of our leaders and meet many of the people who are connecting in that age group so that you can be equipped. But this right here is quotable for all of us. You will never experience all that God offers until you manage to let go of what you think he should offer. You will never experience all that God offers until you manage to let go of what you think he should offer in your relationships, in your work, in your parenting. You see, Jesus often comes in quietly. He directs us step by step. And oftentimes he comes in unexpectedly and in a different direction. But always, 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 Jesus remains faithful. Verse 46, three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. And here it is. Jesus replied, but why did you need to search? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Now the word house is not in the original text. And so some of your translations might say something like, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? But business is not in the original text either. There's really no word in that place. It's literally, didn't you know I'd be in the place of my father? I'd be of the things of my father. And this is the, the beginning stages where Jesus is declaring that he is God. He's literally the exact representation of God himself. And so even at age 12, he's beginning to reign as king in who he is and what he's doing. He's moving into that. Essentially, he's asking, where else would I be? What else would I be doing except for doing the things of the Father? Luke 9, 51, later on in Luke's story, it says, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, Jesus set his face focused on his mission. He set his face to go to Jerusalem. He was faithful in his mission and his calling. Have you ever felt overwhelmed in your life? Have you ever felt like the responsibilities you've been given in your relationships, in your parenting, in your work, and you're calling the insurance company and you're fixing the toy, all the stuff. Have you ever felt overwhelmed and at some point you just said, I just need a break? See, God's not like that. He's always faithful. He's always being who he says he is. He never veers off course. He never grows tired of coming through for you. There is not a moment, not even a second, that God is not running after you, fighting for you, chasing you with his love. Every year, 
about this time, our staff begins asking God to give us a word that he might want us to focus on this coming year. So not a New Year's resolution, but a word from him that might be one of the themes of our next year. And so each of us ask for a word personally from God, and each of us take a small piece of poster board and we write out that word. Some of us are real creative and color it and draw pictures. Some of us just write the word out. Here's a sneak peek into what our administrative hallway looks like where we hang these words. Take a look at this. You can see the words there hanging on the wall. This was from 2019, and you can see words like trust and truth and pace and strength, rest, obedience, release. And that word right there, faithful, was my word for 2019. And I really didn't know, it was through a series of songs and some scriptures where I really felt like that word kept coming up for this past year. And I didn't know what God had for me throughout the year. And so early on, I printed out every time in the Bible where the word faithful or faithfulness shows up. And I studied these and I read these throughout the year. And what I thought going into the year might be God showing me how to be more faithful in my relationships and the things that he's called me to do. And those are good things. You know what I found out? After reading and studying through these, the overwhelming majority of the times that faithful shows up in the Bible have to do with God. Which has been huge because this has been a, a challenging year. This coming year, will you trust that God never gives up? That he's utterly devoted to you no matter what, even when you don't get what you think you need even when things don't turn out like you think they should, that God is always at every turn faithful. One of the things that I think we need to undo in our thinking as followers of Christ and in our language, has something ever gone really well for you? Maybe you're late to work and you hit all the green lights and you don't run out of gas and you show up right on time and you say something like, oh, God was faithful. Well, the reality is, if you would have hit every red light and your car would have broken down on the side of the road, God is still faithful. God's faithfulness doesn't rise and fall with how our circumstances go. He's always faithful. And I'd like to invite you into a, a spiritual practice that's been huge, really helpful for me over the last couple of years. And not just as we approach the new year, but this is weekly, sometimes daily. And so I just invite you, if you feel comfortable enough, to simply, as you sit there, just open up your hands. Hopefully, when we came in here today, we left fear at the door because in the end, it really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of you. Think for a moment while your hands are open and what's been stirring in your mind? What did you bring in here today? Some of you are really excited about the new year 
Maybe God's given you a new relationship, maybe a new part of your calling, a new adventure, a new initiative he's given you to live out. And so you've, you've come in here with some excitement. It's good to invite Jesus into that. Maybe you're here and you're carrying with you a struggle, what the Bible calls a, a spirit of heaviness, maybe some health issues, maybe you're carrying some guilt and shame. As you can tell, there are maybe some extra kids in the room today. If you're a parent of young kids here today, that's perfect. Grab a hold of your child's hand. Don't squeeze too tight. Grab a hold of your child's hand and hold them close. And as we pray here in a minute, use that time to renew your devotion to God and invite him to come be the center of your family all over again. And if you're here today and you're not sure about this whole God thing, this is all new to you and why am I opening up my hands? Let me just invite you, your prayer might be something like, God, if you're real, I wanna know who you are. Reveal yourself to me this coming year. Psalm 24, seven says, open the gates that the king of glory may come in. And so God, we open up our hearts to you and we give to you all that we have and all that we are and all that we ever will be. And God, we bring specifically to you and spend just a quiet moment naming what that is that you're releasing into God's hands. God, we give you these things in faith and we receive your life. We receive your love and we long for more of your strength, more of your guidance, more of your mercy, more of your compassion, more of who you are in more of us. And God, together we pray that you would awaken the parts of us that are still sleeping, that you would bring us more alive in you. And God, we give you permission this coming year to break down any obstacle, any wall that's between us and you, that we might know you and experience who you really are more this coming year than ever before. Now, some of you during this prayer time have maybe opened your heart to God in the, the first time maybe ever. Some of you maybe in a new and fresh way. If you don't have someone to talk with about that or pray with you about that, our care volunteers are coming forward now. And let me just encourage you, talk with a family member or friend or one of our care volunteers, it's good to name it out loud and continue asking God to come into your life. 
The story we've been looking at today finishes with these words. And as they returned to Nazareth, his mother treasured all these things in her heart. May that be true of us as well. Have a great rest of your 2019. Be safe. And for the last time for this entire year, thanks for stacking the chairs. We'll see you next year. Here at Brookwood Church, our desire is to assist you in pursuing a relationship with Jesus so that you can experience transformed life. One of the ways that you can do that is by getting connected here at Brookwood. Email us at connections at brookwoodchurch.org or call us at 864-688-8326 in order to get in contact with our Connections team. You can also find our message archives on our website or on our Brookwood app. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessed day. See you next year.